Accessing markets as a new or even established farmer is key for any farming enterprise. In this edition, we share top tips to access markets in Mzanzi. Now, while the COVID-19 pandemic was tough for many, for Keenan Yester, it provided an opportunity to launch her own business. That good, good. We're back with our Agripreneur 101 featuring this business owner, and she produces cannabis edibles. Our hashtag soil sister, Tumaleng Totetsi, always wanted to start her own business, not just as a means to improve her own life, but the lives of others. Today, she runs a poultry enterprise and joins us as one of the women selected for the Koteva Woman Agripreneur 2022 program. And our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from beekeeper Portia Morudi. This is Farmer's Inside Track, supported by Food for Mzansi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey ya, and welcome to episode 142 of Farmer's Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu. Now here on this podcast, we understand that accessing markets as a farmer is key. So we kick off with that promise guide and tips to access markets in Mzanzi. Nicole Rudolf chats to four different South African farmers who shares their top tips to access markets. Over to you, Nicole. Thank you so much, Dawn. Byron Boyson, a hydroponics farmer from the Western Cape, reveals his best advice for farmers struggling to access the market. As a smallholder farmer, I usually had a situation where I had to scratch my head. The main reason was that I was sort of proposed the idea that selling to retailers or the bigger commercial shops that you are deemed as a successful farmer. And I found the opposite to be true. And I think one mustn't mistake to not be certified and have high quality safe food, but mostly it is important for people to have access to food because food is such a high demand and prices are extremely competitive and high at the moment. Access to food is crucial. So that means as small the farmers, we have a market to be able to establish anywhere where people want to buy food. So we need to be able to have open-minded attitudes towards the idea that we just need to sell to retailers to be successful. But we can look at the smaller food buyer, the guy that has the bucky, the guy that comes to you and asks, can I have one ton now and then? Can I have 500 kilograms? Can I have 200 kilograms, 100 kilograms? And can he drive away and then put cash in your pocket at that moment? And I think that stage, we need to be able to create those type of markets. If you do not have enough produce from your side, you're also able to buy from other smallholder farmers and to be able to establish markets or that relationships that you have. The fact that the risk side of it is that you do not have established price. You don't have the ability to be able to produce volume, but in the same breath, you'll be able to sell goods when you have established your relationship with the market people will know that you will be able to have either turnips spinach peppers chilies whatever's in season and you will be able to give them on demand first come first serve and create that economy for yourself and for micro economies around you we will then be able to keep more money in the communities we'll be able to feed more people and we'll be able to make sure that access to food is not liable only on retailers that determine a lot of time price and volumes that's available to people. Jacques de Blanche, who runs a business producing garlic seeds, explains his ideas around market access. You have to produce good quality product. 
A good quality product always sells, which means you have to start right. You have to start with good quality seed. You cannot get a good quality crop from compromised seed. Make sure that you follow an approved and good fertilizing and foliar program. In producing a good quality product, you have to take samples from the soil, the bulb and the leaves from time to time and test them if you are unsure. Be vigilant against insects and fungus. Early detection is always good. Joandra Gregory Kluter is a popular poultry farmer in the Western Cape. She tells us her ideas around accessing the market. My tip for any new farmer will be that knowledge is power. Equip yourself with knowledge before you venture into agriculture. And basically, if you don't live the lifestyle, you won't be able to make a living from it. Then finally, Daisy Moleka, the country's only commercial woman farmer in the rabbit industry, shares her knowledge on market access. Before you start farming, you need to check your market first. Who will buy your product before you can even plant? If you are in planting, if you are in rabbits, before you even breed rabbits. So my piece of advice will be just check at your market who will be your buyers. And after getting to know your buyers, then you can start planting or you can start farming your livestock. Because it's of no use to start farming without you knowing who your market is. And it's so easy to access the market as long as you know your product and you know your market, who you will sell to. I will give you an example of my meat. I do a lot of promotions and a lot of meat tasting so that people can be familiar with the rabbit meat. So for me to get access to the market, I use that method, although it was not an easy method to use because I spend money to actually prepare the meat and buy the meat and slaughter. But for me, it's a marketing strategy to say, okay, let me slaughter or let me have meat ready for my clients to come and taste. And then after tasting, they become the clients, they buy. So accessing the market, it's very difficult. But when you know who your market is or who you will sell your product to. Thanks, Nicole. And great having you here on Farmers Inside Track. Daisy Moleka, commercial rabbit farmer, Byron Boyson, hydroponics farmer, Joanna Gregory Kluter, a poultry farmer, and Jacques Thurblanche. He's a garlic seedling producer. Now, while the COVID-19 pandemic was tough for many, Fokina Neustad provided an opportunity to start her own business, That Good Good, a cannabis edible agribusiness. Now, Keenan, tell us about how That Good Good started. What sparked the idea? I just like baking and cooking. I like cooking. I really like cannabis. And then I found a way to kind of bring them both together. I watch a lot of sports and I hang out at my house a lot. <laughs> because I was smoking so often, eventually like your chest hurts and that kind of stuff. And I was like, surely I know there are other ways of ingesting cannabis. And then I kind of like started doing it by handing them out to my friends because that time we had to be in the house by like nine o'clock or something. <laughs> and so I couldn't hang out with my friends. So I would make some brownies and then drop it off and then make some brownies and drop it off here and there. Eventually, one or two of my other friends saw us tweeting on the timeline about these brownies. And then someone was like, no, listen, I'll buy them from you. And then eventually I was like, I can see people are interested in this. There's definitely a need for it. Because most of my clientele at the time being women, it's like a safety thing, you know, like trying to find cannabis by yourself as a woman in South Africa, you know, you're going to have to go and meet people in parking lots. So I was like, you know what, we could do edibles. It's easy. People can like manage them. And I know like whoever's buying, the safety is insured and stuff. And I'm like a bit of a control freak. so. 
when I decided to start that good good, it was really just inspired by this idea of making cannabis accessible and then also just kind of wanting my friends to get as high as I do. I actually did all the design work myself and because the whole idea was people could refer to cannabis as like that good good. So the whole purpose of that was no matter what product I release, I could just kind of like stick it in there so you can do like that good good brownies, that good good treats, that good good gummies. It just made it more open. I actually designed it like two hours before we launched. It's crazy. Now, what are some of the challenges that you faced? Being able to find a delivery driver. At first, we used to do the deliveries ourselves. Like on a Saturday, we would bake everything and then do the list of stuff and then like go and do the deliveries. Because the business was growing, it got really hard to manage like a lot of the stuff. I was doing the admin, I was baking, I was packing. My sibling and I were doing deliveries together. So it literally became this 48-hour exhaustion. (laughs) And I did that like I think from... June 2020 until December 2021, every single weekend, and I was burnt out. So that I would say was my biggest challenge. Because it grew so much, I was really just kind of doing it by myself. My housemate and my friend Sloan, we eventually moved in together and then we decided to start again. They offered to do like all the admin stuff so that I can just focus on baking. And then before we let you go, what keeps you motivated or inspired? Access is like a big thing for me making sure people have access to good quality cannabis product that makes you high. I think it was easy for me to be able to tell people have this much of the brownie and have that. So I can ensure almost everyone gets a really good high because a lot of the experiences that people tell me about when they talk about their first edible experiences that it was really intense and really heavy and like scary because edibles hit a lot harder than a joint or a bong or anything like that. And a lot of people don't always know that. So I think their first edible experience usually is just scary. It's really about making sure everyone who buys the product, but also anyone who's keen to try cannabis can do so like in a safe and enjoyable way. I love the idea that this one plant can do so many things for so many people and that you can experiment with different strains, different things. I would like to explore how many ways I can also make use of it whether that be for medical or for recreational purposes. I love its diversity. So I'd like to make use of it as much as I can, essentially. And then do you have any tips for others who would like to follow in your footsteps? My first step of advice is making sure you understand the scale of the work that you're about to get into. Like plot and plan out every step of a venture you're about to go on. Like if you are baking or you are pre-rolling joints, plot that out so that you know exactly what steps needs to be taken to get the product from making it to your consumer right at the end. Because that kind of helps you understand the amount of work that you're going to need to be doing, how much time you're going to be putting into it. And then the other thing is, is just knowing that it's going to be hard work. It's hard work, but you also really love it. Seeing people feedback positively on your product is a really good thing. And that almost inspires me to keep making sure that I always put out really good product. So make sure you put out good product, test it amongst your friends a thousand times over. Most important, I would say for myself is actually just having a passion for what you do. Like if you have some kind of belief system behind why you are putting out a product, it's easy for you to stay passionate about it because there's always that end goal in mind. It's not even an end goal. It just kind of gets you up in the morning, I would say. And knowing that our business has a a mission essentially about being accessible makes it easy for me to want to get up and bake and do all of that because I know there's like a bigger goal than just selling brownies. Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. That's Keenan Yuster, the founder of That Good Good, a cannabis edible agribusiness. Next up, our hashtag soil sister. Itumelengto Tetsi always wanted to start her own business. 
but not just as a means to improve her own life but the lives of others. Today she runs her own poultry enterprise and she joins us as one of the women selected for the Corteva Women Agripreneur 2022 program. Now this is a year-long blend development program at the Gordon Institute of Business Science Entrepreneurship Development Academy. Itumeleng, your grandfather's farming endeavors inspired you to farm. Where did it all start for you? Talk us through your journey to date. I was born in the Free State in a place called Valgom, and I grew up in Johannesburg in the township Tawaza. And then later on, I moved to University of the Free State, whereby I was doing my BCom degree, and I didn't finish the qualification due to financial reasons. Then after that, I entered the world of work in the financial service sector. I started off as an intern with Aon, and then from there, I became a client service advisor. I worked in the sector for about three years before venturing into my own business. So initially, I started this business as a distributor. So I would source meat products and sell to the traders until the demand was too huge. And now I actually had to own my own production. That's how I actually went into farming. Currently, I'm farming chickens, broilers to be specific. Now in life, so many people face hardships and challenges, especially when it comes to running your own business and when you're kind of navigating life in the agricultural space. What are some of the factors that keeps you motivated? Being able to grow food. There's a joy that one gets when you are able to grow food for your community, for your country. It's really an amazing feeling. It's not even really more about making money. It's ensuring that at least I'm able to feed other people from farming. So it does bring the joy when it comes to that. And I've also, I did apply for an import and export license, hoping to venture into other African countries as well. I'm really looking forward to that. Farmers do so much for their communities. Tell us about how your farm is giving back to your community. Yes, especially after I've started farming, then it, it was easier, whereby now we will start collecting food. And then from there, I would just have them at the distribution center and I would just give to homeless people who are around. As well, now we are busy with our campaign whereby we're going to empower women and children. In that project, I actually partnered with one of the soil sisters, Masenja Lukele, and we actually met during the program. We are in the process of managing one farm together because we both needed to grow. So the farm is big enough for both of us. So we are going into that venture together and with the aim of forming a sort of of a cohort with other women as well to empower other women and little girls within the agricultural sector. Now, do you have any advice, especially for women entering the farming arena? Start with what you have and where you at. Even if you have a small garden, you can start by growing crops. It doesn't really take much to kind of get fully into the sector. I always say that even if I make one rent a day, I'm truly grateful because that's the one rent I literally wouldn't have made that day. So start with the little that you have and be willing, even if you don't have land yet, be willing to source from other small farmers, work with small farmers, distribute their products until you're able to get your own piece of land. 
Thank you so much for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Hashtag Soil Sister Itumelengto Tsetsi. She is one of the dynamic women selected for the Koteva Woman Agripreneur 2022 program. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring. And that's an ideal worth preserving. It's yummy. It's good for you. And the whole family loves it. It's grain-filled chickens, proudly South African and mouth-wateringly delicious. Discover a world of tasty goodness and visit Grain-Filled Chickens, the CO.za, or like our Facebook page for more. Grain-Filled Chickens, a proud member of VKB. VKB, for the love of the land. Now you know I can't go away before sharing our Farmer Tip of the Week. And this week we hear from beekeeper Porsche Morudi. I do believe that in any community there's some kind of farming that happens. And I find it's easier to attract donor funders, it's easier to attract financing if they find that you've started. I've started with my 10 hives, some people even less. That shows that you are willing to get into the space. We shouldn't downplay the importance of agriculture in terms of being able to solve social ills. And more so if you include women as naturists, if we include women as people, I would say, farming with the heart or dealing with nature in a more coexisting manner. In such a way, if we don't downplay how agriculture can actually solve so many of our social ills, it's easier to introduce so many more people to say there's so many elements to this agriculture and you can use that for good. And our awesome farmer tip from Porsche Marudi brings us to the end of another exciting episode. Remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. Also, be sure to check out our sister publication called foodforafrica.com for inspiration and news from across the continent. From me, Donumdu, Nicole Ludolf, our producer Megan van der Vent, and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team. Have a great week. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food from Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.